All right, Broker Tarot. Today's office is Chafzalad. We pick, pick up $10, $10. 10 lines from the bottom on Chafzim Um And it is, um, where are we? Neymar uh, Kitanai. Now, the issue here is about, the issue here is a debate between, um, um, in the Brita, a debate between the Tanakama and, um, who was it again? Um, let me get. Rabbi Eliezer, whether a Kohen, Gado, a Kohen, when he does the Truman Hadeshen, and he, when he takes the two parts of the Truman Hadeshen, there's the ritual um, taking of just the hand breath, we'll actually speak about it in a minute how much, but a small amount of ashes from the top and putting it by the side of the Mizbeach. That's a ritual that was done every morning. And then the Torah says, He changes his clothes, he takes the ashes outside of the camp, to its holy place, but to a, to a pure place, but not a holy place, outside of the mikdash. Now, um, according to the simple sense of the psukim, that's all one act. First you remove the ashes from the mizbeach, then you change your clothes, and then you basically remove it outside of the mikdash. But according to Chazal, this is two acts. There is the ritual act every morning of the removal of a small amount, putting it by the side of the ramp. And then the second part, changing her clothes and taking the stuff out, was when there was a need, when there were too many ashes on the altar, then you would do a removal of the ashes, like a garbage removal. And that would be when it was needed. And that was when the Torah says, Ufashatis Begadati changes his clothes. Now, interesting, changes his clothes into what? Into, and here becomes an interesting debate between the Tanakama and Rabbi Eliezer. Well, not actually, hold on, let me hold up, because the Tanakama says that, um, that he changes his clothes into other Bikdei Kahuna. It's just that they're not as nice. You don't want the clothes that you're going to be taking the ashes out with and getting them all dirty to be the clothes that you're going to wear the rest of the time. So you put on, you know, you put on your, your, your junk clothes, but they're still Bikdei Kahuna. They're just not nice. They're not fancy. They're designated for this type of a purpose. That's what he says. That's what the Tanakama says. But presumably, if you're still doing Bikdei Kahuna, then presumably it is still an avoda of the mikdash. Is taking out the garbage an avoda? That's a very important question. I'm serious. Thinking about the, the significance of that. All of us married people, maybe especially the men, understand that question, right? Is taking out the garbage and part of the avoda is hamikdash. So the Tzadikam says, yeah, you wear your big day kahuna. Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Eliezer says, what? Yeah, required by the government. Doesn't mean it's called an avoda. Okay. So he says that actually he doesn't address the question of whether you wear your big day kuna, but he says a baal mum, even according with a blemish, can do it. Okay? Which presumably means that he feels that it's not an avoda. You don't allow a baal mum to do an avoda. So it sounds like we have this debate between the Tanakam and Rabbi Eliezer whether, a, whether it is an avoda, whether it is an avoda or not. Now that's in terms of taking out the ashes. Comes along the Gemara comes along, thank you, comes along um, Re, uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlokish, so, um, and has a question about does the same debate apply to the ritual of just a small amount that you do every morning? You would think not. You would think that that ritual, everybody agrees, is an avoda. The whole question here is the larger, is the occasional taking out of the, ga- of the garbage, the occasional taking out of the ashes. But so says Rabbi Shlakish. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan says. No, they're only debating the taking out of the ashes. They're not take, talking about the ritual. That everybody agrees um, is an avoda and needs big de kahuna and needs, uh, and needs a kohen who's unblemished. The only debate is the taking out of, uh, the, the taking out of the ashes. Rabbi Ishmael, question me, Reish Lakish says something more radical. Reish Lakish says 
that the same way Rabbi Eliezer would allow a Kohen with a blemish to take the ashes out of the Mikdash, he would allow a Kohen with a blemish to actually do the ritual every single morning, okay? Which is really shocking, which really means that he says, according to um, Rabbi Eliezer, that daily ritual of Trumat Hadeshen is not an avoda. Although we've been talking about how they had the whole pious and they had the whole lottery and the whole thing, not an avoda. And you allow a Kohen who actually has a blemish to go ahead and do it. So, again, to repeat, we have a debate with Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer whether a Baal Mum can go ahead and um, do the taking out of the ashes. Um, and, um, re- and that presumably is a debate of whether it's an avoda. Um, comes along Rabbi Ishmael, excuse me, comes along Rish Lokish and says the same debate actually applies to even the morning removing of the ashes every single day, the morning placing, the Truma Sadeshan every single day, even that there is a debate of whether there's an avoda. And now we have an, an, an interesting thing for his proof. His proof yesterday was was that you're allowed to do it even if you're only wearing he reads the psukim and the psukim where speaks about Shemot HaDeshen the Lavasa Kohen Midobadu Michnesei Bad Yobisaro so only refers to two parts of the Begadim the underwear and the cloak it doesn't have the belt and it doesn't have the half so he says very shlakish look the Torah doesn't require the coin to wear four Begadim so you see it can't be a real Avoda so I wanted to sort of map this it's get a little confusing there are too many different factors going on here thank you you're welcome so we'll worry about Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlaki in a minute okay but first let's just talk about the Hutsa'at Hadeshen okay that's all taking out taking out the garbage you don't need to taking out the ashes you can that okay now because it's not the daily ritual, okay? That's the debate in the that's the debate that we have in the Brighton, okay? Which is that they're taking out of the ashes. So there's two questions here. What were the begotten that they wore? Okay, two or, or and there's a question about whether you can do it with the balmum. Okay, can you do it with the balmum? And what were the begotten that they wore? So you have the Tanakama, and the Tanakama says. You can't use a Bukhalmum and you need four begotten. Right? Okay, yeah? So that's what so, th- so presumably we are saying that it is a real avoda. Okay, that's his understanding of that Comes Rebbe Eliezer, and he says you can have a Balmum. We don't exactly know what he says about the begotten, but presumably according to him it's not an avoda. Okay? Yeah, that's their debate. Now comes along with Yochanan and Reish Lakish and they're debating what would you say not about the Hotza Hadeshen but the morning Truma Hadeshen okay so according to Reish Lakish according to Yochanan this is only the possibility that's not a Boda says Rabbi Yochanan is only by this occasional taking out of the garbage the morning Truma Hadeshen everybody says in a Boda nobody would say you could use a palm of that makes sense according to Reish Lakish Reish Lakish has a radical idea he thinks that, that they're even debating the morning Truma Sedeshen. And according to Rabbi even the morning Truma Sedeshen isn't an Avoda. Even could be done with a Baalmon. Okay? So that's one debate. Is this debate whether it's an Avoda only by the Hotsal Sedeshen or even by the Truma Sedeshen? But comes along Rish Lakish and says something even more radical. Rish Lakish says, you know what my proof is? My proof is that the Torah speaks only about using two begotten. Okay? And that now, so if you're only using two begotten, he says, you got this wrong. Going to be confusing anybody. He says, actually, according to the Torah, you don't need all the begadim. You don't need it when you take out the session. You don't need it in the morning truma session. 
Okay? So this is radical. You don't need all four begotten. So actually, according to Rashi Yakish, this is the way Tosis explains it. According to Rashi Yakish, it's not just according to Rabbi Eliezer, it's not Navoda. It's not Navoda even for the Tamakama. If you don't need all the big Dekuna, it's not Navoda. And that the whole debate is, we all agree, the morning Tumas Hadeshen and the um, take me out afterwards, but certainly the morning Tumas Hadeshen is not Navoda. You don't need four begotten. The only debate is do we let a Baal Moon do it? Because even though it's not Navoda, maybe it's Pasnish to let a Baal Moon do the act. But technically speaking, even a non Kohen to do it. It's not Navoda. It's shocking, right? You read the whole thing. The whole thing sounds like this amazing Navoda. Mm-hmm. We go from saying that not only Kunsar is the taking out, the occasional taking out of the garbage, not Navoda, but according to Rishlakish, everybody says nothing is Navoda. The whole daily morning uh, sort of, uh, you know, lottery that they did, all of that it wasn't a Navoda. It does not need for Bagadim. The only question is do we allow a non Kohen to do it or Baal Moon? Is that, is that a pro? Appropriate or not, but technically speaking, it's not a voda. Even if so it were yeah. a voda, yeah, it's possible to say that the reason why you don't let a Balmoon do it is because Pasnish. No, so if it's an avoda, a Balmoon can't do an avoda. No, no, because what I'm not talking about duchening these manazet, which is not whatever. Balmoon can't do the avoda. So, so that's, if, if it's if a Balmoon can do it, that's proves it's not voda. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says that we don't know that it is an avoda according to the Tanakhama. It's only not an avoda according to Rabbi Eliezer. And even according to Rabbi, and, and even this is only by the taking out of the ashes, not by the true Mosedeshen. So Rabbi Yochanan has it in a very narrowly defined issue. The morning true Mosedeshen is an avoda, needs a, a, an unblemished Kohen, needs all four begotten. The taking out occasionally of the ashes, Michutz Lamachana, there Tanakhama would still say it's an avoda, only there Rabbi Yochanan says it's not. That's the way it explains. A very narrow debate that one position, ready or the other, only by the taking out of the ashes. But when Rishwakish comes along and says they argue even by the Truma Sedeshen, and even there they both stay to begudden, according to him, no part of the ashes is an Avoda, and the only issue is do we li- do we li- do we, are we going to allow an, a Baal to do it? But technically, even a non Kohen to do it, very radical position, according to Rishwakish. Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Maybe. I, that I don't know. Okay, so yes. So a non-cone is allowed in this area and it is allowed on top of Right, so that's the, the phrase that Tosus uses is v'chizar kare v'etel hamizbeach. Like, could we allow a non-cone to get onto the altar? Right? So that's maybe the debate. Like, is he allowed in that space or whatever? But in terms of the people that are allowed to do the act, you know, and that, so according to Tosos, it's a very, ra- according to Rish Lakish, it's a very radical idea. So clearly the emphasis is Rav Yochanan, but I just wanted to make you appreciate what he's being said by saying that you only need two begotten. According to Rish Lakish's read. Okay, so let's keep on going. So the Gemara says like this. Let's say this is connected to a debate of Tanayim. Uh, now I lost my face. I didn't even start. Okay. Kitanai. Uh, it is like a debate of time. Al Bissarau. So he has the underwear on his flesh. This is by the Truma Sadashen. So So why does it say So it just said Albasaro. So Lahavi meets Nevat says to tell you, because we're only mentioning two of the begotten. We're only mentioning the underwear and the um, cloak. So the extra word Yilbash tells you that the other two begotten, the hat and the um, and the belt. That's what you learn. So that clearly says you need all four begotten. 
Rabbi Yudosi Omer, no. The rabbis speak they call him Gadol B'yom Kippurim. Yilbash means he can wear something that somebody else wore. Who else wore this? The Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Because the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur wears the same four begadim as the Kohen Hedyot. Right? What we call the white clothes of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur is the underwear, the cloak, the belt, and the hat. So the Yobash means, we're going to see in a minute, that according to some, what a Kohen Gadol wears on Yom Kippur has to be buried and can't be used again by anybody at, at, for any other purpose. It's a one-time use beged. So he says, no, the extra Yobash that it says by the Chumash Hadeshen is alluding to, because it says Yobash by the Kohen on Yom Kippur, alluding to the Kohen on Yom Kippur to tell us that those garments can be reused. And one thing they can be reused for, they can be used for any Kohen, but one thing would be for the Chumash Hadeshen. That's what the extra Yobash is telling you. I'm already, so says Rebbe, I have two responses, two reasons to reject that idea that a normal Kohen can use the garments of the Kohen Gadol from Yom Kippur. Chara, number one, that you remember there's a debate what was the belt that the, co- the normal Kohen would wear during, the normal, during any day of the year. Some said it would be like the Kohen Gadol's normal belt, which would be kilayim, shatnes, woolen linen, and some said it would be just linen. Okay, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur would be just linen. So what Rebbe is saying is, is that, um, first of all, the Kohen Gadol, the the Avnate of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, meaning the linen one, is not the one that the normal coin wears. The normal coin wears a shotness one, that's debated, but Rebbe is saying the normal coin wears a shotness one. And therefore, he says, and the Kohen Gadol's one on Yom Kippur, linen can't be worn by the normal Kohen. So number one, just technically you can't reuse it because it's the wrong type of a garment. The Kohen Gadol's on Yom Kippur is linen and the normal Kohen Hedyot is shotness. The Ode, here's another reason you can't use it. How can you say that the garments worn by the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur can be worn by a normal Kohen the rest of the year? It was used for such a weighty Kedusha, you're going to use it for a light one. So what does the extra word Yobash come to teach me? It's not to tell me that you can reuse the garments of a Kohen Hedyot. Of a Kohen Gadol, the Rabbos Tabas Chafdal Lambalas to include the Rabbos Es Hashchatim. So um, to the even garments that are worn and they're not fresh and brand new, even when they're starting to get worn, you can still wear them. You don't need to always use. Although ideally you should be using very nice garments, but you can use for the garments of a Kohen even garments. You can keep on wearing them even after they've been worn for for a good period of time. Okay, now that we're discussing. The, those psukim, okay, it's, we, we go on and says, v'hinicham sham, so um, this is now talking about, um, what do you call it, not about the Truma Tadeshen, but this is talking about the Kohen Gadol. It says, after the Kohen Gadol finishes his service on Yom Kippur, he takes off his garments and leaves them there. So what we just impl- had a debate about before is, can you reuse the garments of the Kohen Gadol from Yom Kippur for or the rest of the year? So now we're going to look at that based on this passage that says after he takes off his garments on Yom Kippur, at the end of Yom Kippur, he leaves them there. V'nicham sham, what does that mean? Melamed shetunim gniza. So Rebbe says that means that they have to be buried, that they can't be used by anybody else, not by another Yom Kippur, not by another coin on Yom Kippur, and not by um, a normal coin during the rest of the year. That's Rebbe's position. You can't reuse the garments of a coin Gadol. Rebbe Dosa, who you remember a minute ago, Rebbe Dosa said that they can be used by another Kohen um, during the rest of the year. So what does he say you means when he says you leave them there? Omer, They can, as I just got through saying, says Rebdosa. I say the garments of a Kohen Gadol can be used by another Kohen. 
So why does he have to Yom Kippur? He leaves him there. Not to use it for another Yom Kippur. Okay, this is quite a fascinating idea. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around the logic behind this. He says, these garments that were used by the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur cannot be used again on another Yom Kippur. But, they can be used by a normal Kohen during the rest of the year. Right? So it's like, what? <laughs> like, obviously, the statement is more being made about Yom Kippur than about the garments. Right? Each Yom Kippur is special, and each Yom Kippur needs to be, like, start afresh. You know, needs its own special garments made for just this Yom Kippur. Okay, whereas the garments themselves, yeah, why not reuse the garments, okay? There's no, like, weight attached to the garments and what they were used for. The significance is that Yom Kippur demands new garments, not that the garments can't be reused. Um, so that's his position. So there's an interesting debate here. Can you use the garments of the Klein Gadol after Yom Kippur? Are the garments themselves once used have to be buried? That's Rebbe's position. Or if those, no, they can be reused during the rest of the year, just not on Yom Kippur, but they can be used during the rest of the year. Okay, that's one debate. And they debated around the word of what does it mean to leave it there after the Klein Gadol takes them off. What does it mean when it says by the taking of the Dershen, Yobash? Is that to tell you you can reuse it or is that not to tell you you can reuse from another time? Okay, but what the Gemara, purpose of the Gemara bringing here is the first opinion said Yobash means to tell you not just two garments, but all four garments. Okay, so why did the, so the other two opinions that didn't use that word Yobash to teach you all four garments, why didn't they use it to teach you all four garments? Maybe they say two garments is enough. Maybe that's a like Rachel Lakish's position. Is that clear? I Meaning you had a debate here around the word Yobash by the Truma Fatakshan. The first opinion we have you to said to teach you all four garments are needed. Although the Torah only mentions two, you need all four. Rebbe and Rebbe Dosa talk about using the garments of a coin gadol. They're not talking about four garments. So maybe that says they don't need four garments. Let's just see the Gemara's answer. The Gemara says, My love, the Hakimifugi, isn't this the debate? Gemara Savar Avodahi, when here the Gemara spells it out very clearly, Rebbe Yehudo says you need four garments, says it's an Avoda. Umar Savar, and Rebbe and Rebbe Dosta that use Yobash to teach you something else, presumably they don't need four garments. So they would say it's only two garments. It's not an avoda. The Gemara says, Lo, no, that's not the debate. Thank you for restoring the world the way it should be. Everybody says it's an avoda. Everybody says you need four garments. This is the debate. Rebbe Yehuda says, it says two. So it only says two. You needed the extra Yobash to tell you four. Umar Savar, and Rebbe and Rebbe Dosa would say, we didn't say you needed Yobat to tell you that, not because we disagree, but because it's so obvious. Of course, if the Torah says two garments, it's just speaking in shorthand. Of course you need all four. Right? Well, how would you think you wouldn't need all four? This is clearly an avoda. So Yobash doesn't need to tell you four garments. That's obvious. Yobash is telling you something else about reusing the garments of the coin guzzle on Yom Kippur. Okay, so everybody agrees you need all four garments for the Tumas Adeshem, like Rabbi Yochanan, and the whole debate is about whether you need the word Yobash to teach you that, well, Yubach teaches you something else about can you reuse the garments of the Queen Gadol. So, if you had a question. Yeah, it's implicit in this debate also what we, the extended idea of Tashmi Sheikh to In other words, uh, you're to fill in with right. wear out right. and I use it for something else. Right. Whereas uh, the Rambam says you sit to your wear out, you cut them off and you right. pull them out. 
Right. Um, it's related. Uh, the begadim of the Kohen Gadol the, are, are more kadosh themselves that they've been sanctified rather than just Tashmishay Kedusha. There's also a difference between Tashmishay Mitzvah and Tashmishay Kedusha. Tashmishay Mitzvah are like mitzvah objects like Tzitzis and Alulav. Tashmishay Kedusha are things related to actually like Shem Hashem which is like Tzillin because of the Klafim, the boxes of the Tzillin and so on. Um, the uh, mantle of the Sacred Torah. This, if you were just thinking about the fact that they're doing an avoda would more be like Tashmi Shei Mitzvah. But the fact is they're connected to the Beit HaMidash and they actually are sanctified. They are, so they're actual Kadosh themselves. But it is related and Tosus actually has that question that according to here, I'll try it a little lower, but according to, again, if you're, according to this debate, right, the interesting thing is, again, you have Tanakama saying, here, we can do it like this. Tanakama would say that it has to be a not Balmum and four Begadim, right? And Rabbi Eliezer here says it can even be a Balmum, and we don't know we don't know how many Begadim, right? So, so maybe he doesn't need any Begadim, right? Maybe he says you can even wear Bikdechol, okay? But according to Reish Lakish, who comes along and says, so this is their debate about whether it's an Avoda, an Avoda, and he says not an Avoda. Right? But comes along Reish Lakish, and besides saying that they debate not only the taking out of the ashes, but even the Truma Hadeshen. According to Reish Lakish, that comes along and says that even according to Tanakhama is too, and this would be not an Avoda, right? That's what Reish Lakish says, which is wild. But then he presents us with question. How is he wearing Bikide Kahuna if it's not an Avoda? Right? So he has to have a whole discussion about can you wear Big Dekahuna for a non avoda, which is a discussion in the Gemara whether they wear Big Dekahuna or Nitna Lehanas Behem or Lo Nitna Lehanas Behem. Can they be used for other purposes or not? Okay, that's according to Reish Lakish. Okay, um, but again, we'll restore the world and its natural order and say that it's not avoda. But uh, again, according to Reish Lakish, that you can have, it's not avoda, and it's even by the Shumas Hagesh, and again, Tosa says that technically, if everybody agrees it's not avoda, even if it's not Balmum, it's just because whether it's appropriate or not. Right, so the issue of Tashmishay Kedusha is the meaning of Hano. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to answer right, that anymore right, right now. It, but, right. but no, but by Big Kahuna, it's more about them being Kadosh, not just Tashmishay, and it's less about Hano, Hano is more Mi'ila related, yes. We've gotten a little distance from the actual text of Tomash, Right. which specifically says it's to be done, these are to be done by Kohen, and it doesn't seem to make a right. distinction between the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, if you, you think this is shocking, wait till what's coming up on the Amazbet. Right. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> a little hint here that the that is that, that does come up in other sugyot. I don't know how much it comes up. It, it's implied here, but that is definitely an idea. The kedusha of the actual person of the kohei. Let's just move no, further. Because I'm, I'm looking at what. Let, if we could just yes. Who supplied them? They had special people. I don't know if they were captured specifically kohanim or not. I don't know. Okay, so now the gemara continues. By Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Avin asks, Trumas Adeshin Bekama. How much, now this is the daily ritual, this is not the removing the ashes. When you had to remove the ashes, you just removed as much as you needed, when you had to take, when you had to clean it off. But when you did the daily ritual of the and it was a small amount, how much ashes did you actually remove? Do we learn from Trumas Ma'aser, where the Torah says, um, so it has a similar Lashen, um, and therefore the Trumas Ma'aser is the Truma the Levim take from their Ma'aser which is a tenth. They take a tenth of their tenth. So is it one tenth? Do you take like 10% of the ashes on the altar? Is that what you do for the Tumas Adeshen? 
Or do we learn it from Truas Midyan? If you remember when they took back the booty from Midyan, right, it says that they gave a gift to the, you know, to the temple, and there it says that it was one from, actually there were two, one to, you know, two types of gifts. Well, one was one out of 50, and one was one out of 500. Okay, so now Tosa says, what about the normal truma that says, you know, that you take from your grain on a normal basis? But the problem, or challah is called truma. So Tosa says, well, the normal truma didn't want to say because there is not a specific quantity. Here, there's a specific amount, one-tenth, one-fiftieth, one-five-hundredth. The normal truma, there's not a specific amount that you're taking. And same by the challah, it's not a specific amount. But these two is a specific... Well, okay, let's see what the answer is. But here, that's the question. Is it one-tenth? Is it one-fiftieth? One five hundred. So the Gemara says, "Tashma, come in here." The Tani Rebbe Chia, Rebbe Chia taught in the Brisa. Namar kan veheirim, you shall remove the ashes. Namar lahalan veheirim, you should remove, and that's by the komet of the mincha that the coin should lift off the handbreadth of the mincha. Now lahalan bekumso, apkan bekumso. So the answer is a handbreadth. Now, as Rashi says, you estimate because you don't actually stick your hand into the burning hot coal to take a handbreadth. Okay, but it's a small amount. It's a handbreadth. You estimate a handbreadth. At least Rashi says it's a minimum handbreadth. So you estimate a little bit over. Well, these were hot. I thought the whole time the ashes, well, these were the leftover ashes. Yeah, they were the leftover ashes, but it's right there. Well, it is true that you would move the ashes from the fire pile aside. So it could be that they've cooled down, but some of them could still be hot, you know. You don't know. Like, the, the thing is burning all night. All night. Yeah. Right. But it's true. They could be cooled down. They're not, uh, they're not from where the fire is. They've been removed to the main center ash pile in the middle. Okay. Amarav. Now we're going to be since we talked about avoda and whether you need a uh, whether Kohen Balmum could do it. You know, let me reframe that. If Kohen Balmum could do the removing of the ashes, or could do who only used two big dekuna, that was a proof that it wasn't an avoda. So now that we're talking about an avoda and what sort of what's required for an avoda, we get into this very important question about what are the consequences or what the different sort of categories of avodas. Let's take a look. Amarav. Arba avodas. There are four avodas. Zarchai of misa. The Torah that if a non-Kohen did it, you'd be deserving of death, not in the court, but heavenly death. Okay. The Torah says vazar hakrev yumat, and the foreigner that draws close to do the avoda, right, will be put to death. Will not put to death. Will die heavenly death. Okay. Um, so only even though a non-Kohen cannot do any of the avodas, there's two categories of the avodas. The most weighty category, if a non-Kohen does it, he's deserving of death. A lesser category, he still transgresses, but is not deserving of death. So what are the four that you're deserving of death? Zrika, the throwing of the blood. Zaktara, the burning of the... It would either be a couple things to get burned. Limbs of an ola, the innards of a uh, any korban. It could be the burning of incense. Anything that is burnt. Viniso hamayim, the libation of water that was done on Sukkot. And the pouring of wine that was done on, um, with, you know, any korban that had with it the, the uh, mincha that accompanied a normal korban, the pouring of wine. Those four are the only ones deserving of death. The Levi Amar af even Trumatadeshen. So now you see why it's connected. Now, by the way, that shows how far this is going. Not only is Truma Sedeshen an avoda, which was debated between the Tavakam and Rebbe Eliezer, no, that was actually the Hotzah Sedeshen. But according to Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish claimed that Truma Sedeshen wasn't an avoda. 
here, nobody denies it's an avoda. Of course it's an avoda, true masadesh. And again, like Rabbi Yochanan, that whole debate is maybe by taking out of the ashes. But the true masadesh and the daily ritual, everybody says it's an avoda. Not only was it an avoda, but according to Levi, it's even an avoda that if a non-Kohen does it, you get death. Chayav Misa. It's pretty funny. According to Rabbi Lakish, you, a non-Kohen technically could do it. According to Levi, deserving of that. Okay, so, so Levi, Amar, Avtu Masadeshen. V'chein Tani Levi Vashnisa, and this is what Levi taught in the Braisa, Avtu Masadeshen, even the Trumasadeshen. Okay, so, just again to repeat, according to Tanakam and Rebbe Eliezer, there's a debate whether the taking out of the ashes, outside, when you're cleaning the Mizpech, is an Avoda. Reish wants to claim even the Truma Sadeshin is not an Avoda, but we are rejecting that. The Truma Sadeshin is an Avoda. The whole debate was the taking out of the ashes. And according to Levi, it's an Avoda that a non-Kohen would get death for doing, or were deserving of death. Again, not in, in heaven. So my time is around. Now, what's this debate of whether Truma Sadeshin is in that category or not? What's the reason of Rav who does not include Truma Sadeshin? The Chziv, the verse says, You and your children with you will protect your kahunah, all things relating to the altar, and within the parochet, which is in the Kodesh Kadashim, right, inside of where the parochet is, the um, Avadatam, and you shall do the Avoda. Avodat Matana Etenit Kunatchem, I will give your, a, a service of, a, of gift is, I will give your Kuhuna. The Azaha Kreid Yumat, and the foreigner that draws close will be put to death. So, anything referred to in this Pasuk is deserving of death. Okay, because it ends by saying Azaha Kreid Yumat. So, we have to understand what is this Pasuk including, because it seems like it's including everything. Right? But we only said four or maybe the five things. So how do we get limits from this Pasuk? So let's take a look. Avodat Tama, so the first Russia is the Avodat Matana, a avoda, a gift of service. The, so the, the, the play on words is Matana Litain, to place. An avoda that involves placing something. Below, Avodat Siluk, and not an avoda of removing something. So yes, the Truma Kadeshin is an avoda, but it's an avoda of removing. It's not an avoda of placing, okay? And therefore, it is not, according to Rabbi Yochanan, in the category of, of Hazar HaKrev Yumat, of deserving death. Now, another drasha is to explain why only those four. The Avadatam, you shall do the avoda. So the drasha is avoda tama. Avoda tama, the low avodah shish avoda. A completing avodah, not an interim avodah. So, for example, there are obvious things that need a kohen that haven't been mentioned here. What are obvious things that need a kohen by a normal korban that haven't been mentioned? So, Charlie will remind us, Shita does not need a kohen. But what does need a kohen? Everything. Habala sadam, halacha sadam. Why only zrika? So the answer is, those are interim avodas. Those are not the final step. The fi- only the final step, the avodat tamah. So the final step is putting the blood on the altar, burning the stuff on the altar, putting the wine on the altar, putting the water on the altar. There's nothing that comes after that. It has to be the final part. Now, removing the ashes is nothing comes after that. That is the first and final step or the true adhesion, but it's a taking away. It's not a putting on. So they both agree you need it to be tamah. You need it to be a final step. Mm-hmm. The debate is, can it also be an avoda that involves removing, or is it only an avoda that involves placing? You know what? For what purpose? What, what category would this, would this be? 
what do you mean what category? It's just the end of a process. It's not the middle stage of a process. People wouldn't think that it has If it's not a final avoda, then you don't get Nisa for a non kohen to do it. Oh, these are the criteria of a type of avoda that a non kohen gets Nisa. Well, no. If, if a non kohen does the Kabbalah Saddam, let's say, it's puzzle. The Corbin is puzzle. Okay? It's, and the non kohen gets Malkus. It's an Avera. He's, he, the Corbin is puzzle. The only point is that for the Halacha of it's so weighty that he gets Misa, there the answer is no. But he invalidates the Corbin. Okay? So, that's the debate. The, okay, so now how about Levi? Um, Levi, and what would Levi say back? Rabbi Yachmana l'chold var hamizbeach. It says, for all matters of the altar. So you want to read Avodat Matana only placing, not removing. I read the verse that says, all matters of the altar, which include even removing the Rav. Mm-hmm. That's to include things that are, yes, Avodat Yes, they are placing, but they don't exactly involve the altar. What are things that don't involve the altar? The sprinkling you do inside the Kodesh Kedushim on Yom Kippur, or that you do against the parochet, right? Outside of the Kodesh Kedushim, but you don't do it on the altar. Or Mitzvah, you also have sprinkling of oil. These are things that they are the final stage of a process. They are placing, not removing, but they're not on the altar. So, yeah, that, that, but that's not Avodah. Um, I mean, that is L'chol Dvar HaMizbech. Ironically, Dvar HaMizbech would exclude them. But L'chol Dvar HaMizbech says, even though they're not on the altar, they're included. That's what I say. But I don't, but not to include this removing of the ashes. Vira, okay. Velevi, Nafkalei Nidavar Vichol Dvar. The fact, it says, Vichol Dvar says, I includes what Rav says, even the sprinkling of the, on the parochet. So, but but var mizbeach includes the removing of the ashes. The rav davar v'chol davar lo darish. I'm sorry. So Ravi says mi davar v'chol davar. Could have said davar. It says kol davar in order to tell you right. I did say right. Even, in order to tell you even the sprinklings uh, that are done not on the altar. But var mizbeach tells you even the removing of the ashes. The rav and rav davar v'chol davar lo darish. He's not impressed by that. He doesn't say that that teaches you two things. Okay. So what do we basically have? I'm going to actually write out the puzzle because this will be helpful. Matana, and then it's the Hazar Akrev Yuma. So these are the things that if a non-point doesn't get me before. So Avadatam tells me Avodatama, it has to be ending, not, for example, not let's say Kabbalah, Olacha, things that are interim, okay? That's Abadatam. Abodat Matana, according to Rob, is not Siluk. Abadatam is a play on the word. Play on words. Abadatama, not Siluk. Okay, Kamahadeshen. That's what Rob says. Okay, so Rob says not Siluk. Matana, Nitina. Okay, so that's how you get these basic two categories an end process and not Siluk. What does Lady say? Lady doesn't make this process. But Lady says, Wachold Varhamizbeya. 
Okay, Rechovar, and it relates to the Mizbeach, because it is Truman Hadeshen. So Rami says that means Truman Hadeshen. Okay? And Rav says, no, Rechovar, according to Rav, does not mean Truman Hadeshen. It means eating things that aren't on the altar. They're still Tamah, they're an end of a process, they're not Siluk, but they're not on the altar. Like what? Like the Sheva Hazaot of Yom Kippur, which were on the Tarochet. Okay? That's what Rob said. Yes, it's an end process. Yes, it's not a removal, but it is not a on the altar. It's the sprinkling you do in the Kodesh Kodashim or on the Parochah. Okay, and Lady says, no, I'm going to learn from here that this includes anything relating to the altar, even as long as it's a Bodakama. Lady agrees to this. They're really debating. This is the criteria they're debating. So it's an end process, and it relates to the altar. It doesn't have to be putting on. It can even be taking off. Okay, so now let's continue. I said like this. Um, okay. The Ema says to Gemara, why don't I say, L'chol dvar ha-mizbeach klal, avodat matana prat, klal uprat, ein klal, ein beklal, ela matcha beprat. Avodat matana in, avodat siluk lo. It says, I still have a question for you, lady. You want to read, L'chol dvar ha-mizbeach, anything relating to the altar, even removing the ashes. But after this general statement, it says, so that's like well it makes a general statement but then it's clear it has to be something of placing something not removing something I don't see how you get away with saying oh look I have a general statement here afterwards it's followed by a specific statement of avodat matana so Amar Kras so the Pasuk says the answer would be the Pasuk says ulamibet la parochet vavaratan ulamibet la parochet huda avodat matana velo avodat siluk it's only inside the uh, the uh, curtain, meaning only in the Kodesh Kadashim. We'll talk about, let's say, the whole Heichal in general, we'll say in a minute. That's where it's avod- it has to be a pl- uh, an Avodat Matana and not a removal of something. Habachutz, a few Avodat Siluk. But outside, even removal. So comes lady and says, you got me. I have to admit that Avodat Matana is telling me, this is the way the Gemara is saying it, only the placing of something, not the removing of something. But the way I'm going to limit the implications of that is I'm going to connect this just to when you date La Parocha. Things that are done, says Levi, in the Heichal and in the Kodesh Kadashim, those have to be placing that removing. What's the act of removing that was done in the Kodesh Kadashim? There's one thing that was the removing of the pan, of the Torah on Yom Kippur. Right afterwards, you would go back and remove it. So that, when it's date La Parocha, that has to be in Avodat Matanah. So this I'm going to bracket, literally bracket, says Lazy, and bracket it and apply it only to any bait la parole. Make it very small. Yeah, well, that's the money. He's not going to do that. Right, so that's what the Gemara is going to say. How do we get away with it? So, yes, I do not need it to be to be a placing. That only would be for bait la parole. My only real criteria is avodat tama. So the Gemara is going to say, how can you bracket this and put this just on Beit Laparosa and not bracket avodat tama? So let's but take a look. Removal, and, 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 only if it overdo it. Right. It's still a removal, not a place. Exactly. 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 So the Gemara says, Ihachi, if that's true, Vavadatam, Nami, Amibet La Parocha, Tuda Vodatama, the Lord Vodashechare Avoda. If that's true, when it says Avodatam, Vavadatam, we should also say the idea that you need a, a, an Avodatama, an end of the process, is only things that are 
in the Kodesh Kadoshim. The law of the Shechot outside a few of the So even if it was uh, an interim avoda, it should be okay, right? If you're really going to limit any everything to me beit la parochet, limit the word vavadatam as well. So the Gemara says no. Vavadatam hada arve cross. It says avadatam is reconnected to what's above. How's it reconnected? It comes actually earlier. The key is it has the secret vav. Okay, so the Vavadatam tells you it's and it tells you it's connected to the more general statement. Okay, so the general so it's a, so he basically says I'm going to bracket this to the Beit Avadatam I'm going to keep that criteria. The Vav lets me keep that as a general criteria. Okay, so are people a little complicated? Are people a little confused here? All right, a little. Okay, anyway, the basic upshot of this is. We forget the psukim for now, which we can. What's the basic upshot? According to Rav, you need it to be Hamas, the low siluk. Okay, those are his two criteria. Two, and according to Levi, it's a pen. If it is a horse, then it is going to be, it only needs to be Avodat Hamas. Okay, and if it is Bishnim, Mibet Waparokhet, then he says you need Tama Reach your criteria, this is the way the Mar says it, when it needs La But outside it doesn't have to be below Silu. So according to him, Truma Sadeshan is included. Truma Sadeshan is included, okay, because he only has the Tama criteria. Okay? So now let's take a look. Now Lady is going to be the interested one. So the lady has a difference, Bachut and Bismim, so we're going to have, give us an opportunity to explore that. Let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. By Rava, Rava asks, Avodat siluk beheichal maho. So I already called it Bismim and Bachut, but technically the Pasuk said, Mibet la parochet, which is only the Kodesh Kadashim. So what would be the story according to Levi by a removal, which for him is only a problem, only like an exclusion when it's, when it's Bibet la parochet. What about a removal in the Heichal? Where would you remove things in the Heichal? You would remove, let's say you'd clean the menorah, right? On a daily basis, you would remove the ashes of the menorah. That would be a type of a removal. Okay, you'd remove, um, so what would be the story there? Do we say it's like Bibet la parochet? like the Kodesh Kadashim, where that's where the Torah says that it, ha- that it, it excludes a Avodat Silut. Or do we compare it to outside? So Hadar Pashta, then he concluded, Since it doesn't just say Mibet La Parochet, but it says an extra Vav and Alamid, So according to him, that's, this, this would include Bishnim, which would be both the Hechal and the Zivir, and the Kodesh Kadashim. Okay, since it says ulimi beit la parochet, the extra ulimi beit comes to tell you anywhere inside. So, any, by the way, I want you to look, notice the irony. According to Levi, it's easier for a czar to be chayev outside yeah. the kodesh. Yeah. But like more things a czar is chayev for, as long as it's not inside. There, even though you say the fact that he's going into the Heichal, into the Kodesh Kedoshim, that already makes it so way. No, no, no. Then it has to have two criteria in order for him to be higher. And the says those two criteria are not just in the Kodesh Kedoshim, but even in the Heichal. So even, let's say, the cleaning of the ashes of the menorah for him would not be higher because it is an Avodat Silu. Those are the places that are roofed 
right? Yes. Root, yes. Those are not roots. the outer. Exactly. Root. It's not only inside the parochos kadoshim; it's the inside the roof there. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So now the gemara says like this. Elameata says the gemara zarshesider al shulchan lechayev. So Elameata, what's the Elameata saying? So Kohen tells us it's, it's the question is like this: the gemara is trying to get a handle on this idea of end process versus middle process. And the way Tosus frames it is, if you think about it, it's a chiddush to say the putting of the blood is an end process. Because the korban is not yet totally complete. After you throw the blood, there's more to be done with the korban. You have to burn the innards. So if we're going to call the putting of the blood the end process, it's because there is, you're done with the blood, even though there's more to be done with the korban. So Tumar is saying like this, Elamiyata, that's true, that once you're done with one thing, you're, even though there's other things to be done, it's called the end of a process, and the, the, the czar is chayev, I have some questions for you. Let's see what those questions are. Elamiyata says to the Gemara, that's true, uh, where are we? Zar Shefider. Um, uh, how about putting the bread on the shulchan yes it's true there are other things to be done at the end the bread will be removed and the incense will be burnt but at least what's being done now for the bread you're done okay and the Gemara takes it for you know and that wasn't on the list you know the list had a very it was a very tiny list but according to you why isn't that considered an avodah tama why isn't that enough no, because it's not done. There's more to be done. Yes, not more to be done with the bread, but more to be done in the immediate sort of context. You have to put the little, uh, the, the little uh, spoons of uh, incense on the table. So, cedar bazichin lechayef, fine. Let a czar be chayef for putting on the uh, spoons of incense. Again, that wasn't on our list. So, ika siluk zaktara. No, because that you're not done with, because you're going to remove those spoons of incense and burn up the incense on the altar in a week from now. So you're not done with the process. It's an interim. So Zar should see there. Okay, fine. That it accepts. And how about saying, so let a Zar be chayef for burning the incense? So yes, a Zar is chayef. What did our list say? Remember, there were four things on our list, right? What did our list say? Our list said, right? Zrika, Hakatara, um, what other? Nisuch Hamayim and Nisuch Hayayim. Funny that those get separate things. Anyway, so so and according to Ravi, it's Truma Fadesha. So there's a lot that's not on the list. So how about all the parts about the Shochan? So all of those are interim until you get to the burning of the incense, and the burning of the incense is mentioned. Okay. So now we have another question. And now you get a Hanukkah tie in, so pay attention. <laughs> so the guy says like this. Um uh um how about preparing the menorah, cleaning it out in the morning. Okay? So, although you might say that that's a, that's a siluk, not a whatever, but maybe according to Levi, although it is bifnim, so I don't know. Anyway, but maybe, I don't know, you clean it and then you put it back. You put the things back in the right place. So anyway, ikan is sinas psila. Fine, you have the placing of the wicks even after you've cleaned it. Not some psila lechayev. How about the placing of the wicks? Because then you're done getting it ready. No, ikan is sinas shemen. You have to place the oil. Nothing shemen lechayev. How about putting the oil? Now you're done getting it ready. Ikad laka. That's not the end of the process. You're the end of getting it ready, but you haven't lit it. In the device itself, at any point in the process, you can yeah. divide it into half. Like okay, fine. Until you get to the end. Until you get to the end. Now, now we are getting to the end. How about lighting the menorah? That's not mentioned on here. So, lighting the menorah is clearly the end of the process. Why isn't the Zarchai's Misa? So, the Gemara says, 
Hadlaka lava vodahi. What? <laughs> I knew you knew just to find that surprising, especially on Hanukkah. Yeah. Lighting the menorah is not Navoda. You know, see, before you were saying it says, how can you say a non-Kohen or a Baal Moon can do the deck? And it says, you know, they read me menu, etc. By Hadlaka, right, we have a whole Parsha starts. Bahalot Chav, but nowhere does it say only Kohanim can do it. God told the Aaron, this is what you're doing, but maybe other people can do it. Who knows? Not a vote of crazy, right? Of anything you think, particularly right around Hanukkah, you know, the central significance of the lighting of the uh, menorah. Not a vote The low, is it not? That's on you. We've done the price. So there it says, B'nai Aaron HaKohanim. There it means it has to be Kohanim. And that's putting fire on the altar. This is about the lighting of like the twigs. Shalote elabakohain kasher. It needs a kohen kasher. Uba klisharet. And if you're using like you know like shovels or whatever, they have to be klisharet. So you see the lighting of the twigs is an avoda. I said, yeah. alita avodi. Lighting the twigs is an avoda. Lighting the menorah is not avoda. Now, by the way, you hear right. a little bit. You hear a little bit the difference, right? Because the lighting of the twigs. First of all, it could be an avoda for two reasons. Number one is, it's part of the burning of the things that are going to be burnt on the fire. And the burning of things that are going to be burnt on the fire um, is an avoda, that's haktara. And this is related to the haktara that's going to be done. Okay, that's number one. Okay, number two is um, also that, um, you know, there, this is the way the Raman says it. The Raman says the burning of the twigs is like you're being mocked near the wood. There it's about burning the wood, whereas the lighting of the menorah, the point is not to burn the wicks and to burn the oil. The point is to have light. The wicks and the oil are the necessary fuel. Now, you would have said the same about the logs. Logs, the point is not to burn the logs, it's to create the fire. Okay, but since there's an avoda of our somehow that makes the actual burning of it. Now, I want to read you the Rambam on what he says about this, because it is, he, I mean, he takes this Gemara to its logical conclusion. Okay. Ladlik um, is about creating light. Ladlik um, is about. So the Ramam says the following. He says, hold on one second. Oops, hold on a minute. The Ramam says like this. So he says the four things. He poskins the four and not Truma Fadeshin. Um, okay, which is another Gemara that the wood is considered like a type of a korban. The Gemara even has a discussion about putting salt on the wood. The same way you put salt on the korbanot. That's how he says this. And then he says like this. Okay, he says, all the interim of vote is not. He says like this. He says, He says, Okay, then he says, It's not just the Gemara says it's not a word wow. and you're not Chai of Misa. A non-Kohen could light the Meneros. Lafika. In Haiti, the Kohen has a Neros. If the Kohen cleans the Neros, it's funny, for some reason the Kohen has to do the Hatava. That is an Avoda, but not the Hadlaka. The Hutsiyan Lachutz, 
He took the menorah out because he's not going to have a non going going into the heichal. But you can take the menorah out. Whoever thought that you could light the menorah not in its right place? Whoever thought you could even right? take the menorah out? Of the- right. Very bizarre. But anyway, Ramam goes from our Gemara saying it's not an avoda, which an Argemara might mean you're not high of Misa. Who knows? Technically, it's not a vote. You still need a Kohen. The Ramam goes so far to say that a non-Kohen can do the Hadlach HaTadeh. Wow. Okay? So it's really quite wild. What? Can, presumably. Uh, presumably. He doesn't say. Presumably. All right. So... So now we have that, okay? So this Hadlakas Neiros, nowhere does it say B'nei Arona Kohanim. It's not an Avoda. Anybody really in theory could do it. Um, and that's it. As opposed to the burning of the wood. Okay. So Elameyata says the Gemara, Zar So now we just mentioned that putting the wood on is an Avoda. Is it an Avoda that Yechayev Misa for? Is it an Avoda Tama or not? So Ika says, Oh, so first we have getting the pile ready without putting the new wood on. No, that's obviously an interim thing. Eker cedar snake zira eating. There are two of the still the two logs that have to be put on. Cedar snake zirim zirim lechayev. How about the two logs? Right, we just mentioned that that was an avoda. So no, eker cedar evarim. That's an yes, it's an avoda. It's possible if a non coin does it, but it's not. An, it's an interim avoda. There's going to be the uh, parts, the limbs of the korban and the innards of the korban that are going to be burnt on it. You're not chayev misa. That you are Chayiv Misa, Azar, who does the logs of wood? This is the debate. He once says it is an end of a process because it's the end of the wood, it's of the fire, right? The Korban is a different thing. It's the bringing of a Korban. You know, there are many Korbanos that are going to be brought to it, but this is the end of the process of making the fire. No, it's only considered interim because it's only being made for the sake of burning the Korbanos. So yes, everybody agrees it's an Avoda, but it's a question whether it's considered an interim Avoda or not. And if you are Chayiv, it would fall under Haktara. That would be, you would see the laws of the wood, like the Ramos said, like a type of a Korban, like a type of a Haktara. Tani Kavasi Drav, Tani Kavasi Delevi, we'll end with this. A price is 14 to 1. Tani Kavasi Drav, we learned like Avav the Truma Tadesh and you're not Chayef for it. Avodah Shazar Chayef Aleim Nisa, the Avodah that Azar is Chayef. Zrika Sadam, Bain Lifnim, Bain Lifnim, the throwing of the blood, whether on the in, 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 in the inner, in the inner innards, wherever, I mean, you know, whether in the Heichal, in the Jvi, in the Kodesh Kadashim, Zamaz Bechatas Aof, squirting the blood of a bird sacrifice, because it's not the same act as throwing the blood, Zamimatse, or the squeezing of the blood, Zamakti, or the burning of the bird, the Olas Aof, it's a bird that's an Olas, so it just mentions these, these are forms of blood, but they're done different ways. Vaminase is the pouring of the wine libation, or water. Shloshet luginmayim, three log of water, which is the minimum amount. The shloshet luginyayim, or three log of wine. So basically, it's the same thing: the blood, the burning, the uh, and the and the and the libation. Tani kavasi levi, but no trumas We taught like levi. Avodos shazar chayav misa. The avodah that azar gets misa. Hameri mesadeshet. So it starts with trumas That's like levi. Hameri mesadeshet. V'sheva hazaot shebifnim v'shebimitzora. That was we mentioned before. Sprinkling of the blood, even if it's not on the altar. The sprinkling that you do on the inside on Yom Kippur. The sprinkling of the oil that you do with the mitzora. So sprinklings that you do even if they are not um, are, are not on the mitzvah. The mala agave mitzvah and burning something on the altar. That's the haktara. Bein davar kasher, bein davar Even if it's invalid, as long as it's 
something that once put on the altar is, is allowed to remain on the altar. Okay, and with that we end a debate between Rav and Levi. Do we include Truman's possession on this list, which is an Abodat Siluk? Everybody agrees you need an Abodat Tama. And the question is, how do you define what is the end of a process? And the real shocker is, is that lighting the menorah is not an Abodat. Okay, end with that.